That's classic. We bring you great laughs and a unique behind-the-scenes look at classic television shows and movies. I'm John Cato. I am an actor, voiceover artist, and also bring you an amazing insight as a moderator with over 20 years' experience in the television industry. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button in the corner of the video and the notification bell so you can be notified when I release my next episode. Enjoy. Today on That's Classic, we have none other than Pat Priest. Um, who is here for, you know, she was on the Munsters and she's had just a prolific career and it's just fantastic to have her on. It's, it, uh, we went through a, a few things, but we've got her on and we're, we're quite excited. So thanks for being on, Pat. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. Well, de- definitely. It's, it's just awesome to have you on. So Pat, if you would, um, I'll tell you what, why don't we start off with how your first audition went for the Munsters. Can you tell me what that process was? I had been working in Hollywood. I mean, doing lots of commercials and lots of bit parts and and, uh, lots of uh, just just, uh, guest uh, spots on shows. And uh, the girl who was playing Marilyn on the Munsters was leaving after the first 13 weeks. She was going back to uh, New York. And mm-hmm. so they were uh, holding auditions and there were five of us that were auditioned. <clears throat> Excuse me. There were five of us that were auditioned. And this was on a Wednesday. They called me on Thursday to tell me I've gotten the part. Friday, I went in and signed the contracts. Saturday, I mean, Monday, I started work. Oh, my god! I never met Beverly Owens. She left that weekend. And, of course, she's passed away in all these 58 years. I've never seen her or talked to her, which would have been nice because we shared a common experience. Well, definitely. And did, did she ever attend any of the uh, fan conventions or anything like that? No, no. And she did not sign autographs. Mm-mm. Oh my when gosh. When she left, she left. Wow, that really is something. Yeah. Now you said there were five women. Um, who who were some of the women that auditioned with you? Uh, Diane Foster, Don Wells, um, myself. Uh, oh, I can't remember the other I gotcha. two. Don Wells. I mean, that I have to admit, I did not know that that Don Wells had auditioned for that. Um, well, you know, and interestingly enough, I had also introduced. I mean, I was interviewed and tested for Gilligan's Island. Oh my and gosh! You're we, kidding. We were. Uh, there were also, I don't know, four, four or five of us tested yeah. at that time, and the interesting thing was. We were sitting there, you know, waiting to get tested. And uh, in came this girl in a little pair of short shorts and her little ponytail without hair out to either side with a drop dead body. And all of us, we knew each other from, you know, doing commercials. We looked around and we said, who is that? We'd never seen her before. Wow. she happened to be Raquel Welch. Oh my gosh. Oh my and, gosh. And, um, she did not get the part. Of course, Don Wells got it. And, uh, but that was interesting. That was the first time any of us had ever seen her. 
Oh my gosh, that's really something. I mean, yeah. the fact that you were all floating in the same circles too, you know, it's just- Well, we kind crazy. of, you know, I was thought of when they call for a Doris Day type. Mm -hmm. Well, 200 of us would show up. And wow. of course, we got to know each other and, and, you know, and especially for commercials, you know, they were looking for young mother type person mm -hmm. I yeah. the bill. wow wow that's pretty awesome did so how was that first day on the set I mean you're dealing with you know Yvonne DiCarlo who was a major film star you're dealing with Fred Fred yes. Bland, Al Lewis come on I know but it was yeah. interesting because the very first day on this set now I have never met Yvonne <clears throat> and very first day Yvonne and I, one of the first scenes that they were shooting was Yvonne and I in a shared scene in the uh, entry hall, you know, with the stairs and all right there. Yeah, by Spike. Yeah. I was standing and we were in a shared scene and the director says, Pat, come a little bit closer uh, into the light. And I stepped forward and Yvonne turned to me and she said, Let's get one thing straight, young lady. Don't you ever upstage me. Whoa, <laughs> I jumped back and I thought, I'll do the rest of the monsters in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Yvonne and I got along very well. We went to lunch quite frequently. And uh, we had boys about the same age. So we, you know, had a lot to talk about and we got along. Oh, that's great to hear. Did she but, ever you talk? Know, you learn how to, you know, you learn right away. Sometimes if, if she wasn't in a good mood, it might be three o'clock in the afternoon before I'd say good morning. But, uh, you know, you just, you kind of took your signal from her. And that's why. I, I was not controversial. I never argued with her or anything. Hmm. And uh, it was it was lovely. We became a family personally as well as professionally. Really? Which was really nice because um, uh, Al had a, a boy the same age as my boy. And uh, Fred had children about the same age. And... Um, so it, it was really nice, and we were just a little family. Would would you bring your families to the set? Uh, no, I never did. No, never did. I got, I got you. When when you met with Yvonne for lunch, by the way, did she ever talk about any of her, you know, Hollywood past? Like, I mean, she was in Salome, and she, I mean, she was in. Oh, I know. No, all of them. Never did. No. Wow. I, mean, I knew all the wonderful things she did. We talked more about what we were doing on this set and also, uh, you know, what was going on with our families and our children and that kind of thing. Did you stay in touch with... Uh, she done. Oh, I see. Did you, um, uh, did you stay in touch with most of the cast after the Munsters was over or... or well, no, I didn't, I didn't. Um, Al and Fred moved to New York. Yvonne moved up to, to um, um, 
What's the little uh, village there in the? Like Solvang uh, up, up in that area? Yes, yes, yeah. Solvang. Thank you, senior yeah. moment. Okay. Um, she moved up to Solvang. And uh, I then when we made the TV show called Here Comes the Monsters, mm -hmm. why um, I, I hadn't seen her in probably, I don't know, 10 years or more. Wow. It was 15 years after we did the show. And they picked me up in the limousine and we went to where she was staying and picked her up. And I said, well, I'll, she was staying in a hotel. I said, well, I'll go in and I'll go get her. And uh, so I went in and I knocked on the door and she came to the door and I put my arms out. I said, hi, Yvonne, it's so good to see you. And she stood back, she went back on and she said, who in the hell are you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I said, Yvonne, it's Pat. Marilyn, oh, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm, I haven't seen you in a long time. I said, that's understandable, no problem. Wow, that is, that but is. I kept in touch with Al. Uh, Al was my mentor. And I kept in touch with him uh, regularly. And of course, knowing Al, he was not a great phone talker. And he would call me periodically. And he said, hey, how are you? How are you doing? And I'd say, well, I'm fine, Al. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, I just called to see how everything is going. Bye. <laughs> and oh, that was my gosh. I, I do. I know his wife, Karen. And uh, she wrote a wonderful book about the monsters. And I did the forward in it. And... Uh, so I've kept in touch with her. She lives up in uh, the Oakland area. Oh. And, and of course, you know, Fred has passed away. Yvonne. Right. But I do talk to Butch all the time. We did shows together a lot. But then when the pandemic came in, yeah. um, then I ceased doing it because, uh, you know, I've gone through I have cancer and so therefore I have an impaired immune system so I have to be very careful so I just kind of stop I stopped doing the shows but I talked to him periodically like just the other day and I said where are you and he said I'm in Arkansas so he's busy he bought yeah. the two cars and so that opens up a whole new venue for him Mm -hmm. you know, going to auto sh uh, car shows and things. Yeah, no, he's he's terrific. Butch has been on the show. He has been a great supporter of, you know, my show. And uh, I, I he's just a, a super nice guy. I had the I had the pleasure of meeting oh, his sister as he's well. A, and just great, just great. He, they both are wonderful. Yeah. And and as I say, he's he's so kind with me and and uh, I would love to maybe be able to go out and at least do one more show. I love doing the shows. Yeah. I love meeting the people. I love talking with them. The hardest part about doing a show was traveling to get there. Yeah, I know. You know, I come out of Idaho and it's 
couple of plane changes. And if one plane is late, yep. And you know, it fouls up everything. And right now that's happening so much. Oh my gosh, it's it's really straight out. I I may come out and do one more show. Okay, well, I'm sure your fans would definitely love that, believe me. So when Fred when Fred was alive, um I noticed that it it appeared to me that he kind of distanced himself from the Munsters, like almost like, yeah. Why was that? Very much so. When the Munsters was over, Fred did not want to be thought of as Herman Munster. And he wanted to, to, to establish himself as a more serious actor, which he did. And oh, he yeah. did wonderful things. But afterwards, he was at the point he would have nothing to do with the Munsters. He would not even stand beside Al Lewis for a picture. And they were best friends. Oh, my gosh. And he never signed any autographs. Uh, he, he felt that he was playing a comic, comedy, a comic book character. Wow. And he didn't want to be thought of as that. I thought it was one of the most brilliant performances. Oh, by all means. Anyone has ever done. I mean, it was, he, and they try to, you know, reproduce and they try to get people to be like Fred, but I don't know, <laughs> there is anyone no. like Fred. No, he, 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 he was a genius and not only in his acting, but he wrote and illustrated children's books. I didn't know that about Fred. Yes, he he uh, was. In fact, I have one of his books, hmm. and uh, wonderful. The judge and he he played the guitar, and many times when he was not in a scene, he'd be sitting in his little dressing room on the stage, and he'd have his guitar, and he'd be playing and composing music. Um, wow. He was a very brilliant man. You know, he went to Harvard and he got his start in a hasty pudding review. And then oh my gosh. On New York to do Stalag 17 and many other things. Wow. I he didn't, was I that executive. He was with J. Walter Thompson in New York. He was? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is something. Wow. So, you know, he, he has had a very uh, interesting career, and he was certainly multifaceted, for sure. Right, right. Did Now, I had heard, and, and I don't know if you have any that come to mind, but I had heard that the two of them, uh, Fred, Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis, they were kind of pranksters on the, on the set. Uh, oh. Is that true? Absolutely. They were always putting... Every each other on <laughs> and teasing each other. And they were also putting me on because I believed <laughs> everything they told me. And so they were always, you know, telling me something. And whenever we travel, when we go off on location, I always rode in the limousine and they always put me in the middle. And when we went to lunch, the commissary, every you know, week we filmed, I would always be in the middle and I would go in and sit, you know, we had a round booth in the commissary 
And people would say to me, oh, how can you sit there and, and, and eat with them when they, they, they look so ugly? I mean, how, and you know, it just goes to show. We would sit there and talk about our kids and what we did last weekend. It just goes to show when you take the time and you get to know someone, mm -hmm. none of color, deformity, whatever, none of it makes any difference. Yeah. It's all, yeah. It's all the soul behind it. Oh, that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful moment. Jeez. Um, oh, it is. And I loved it. I loved it. Oh my gosh. And now that's what I love about you. I love about Butch is there's such uh you you carry the legacy of the show so well. It's just really impressive. Now, I another thing I I'd heard and I know I talked about this with Butch a bit was the makeup that they had on was, oh, was quite okay. a quite an ordeal, right? Oh, absolutely. I was so fortunate because at the end of first of all in the morning I was only a half an hour in makeup. So I could get in there like, you know, seven o'clock for an yeah. eight o'clock filming and no problem. And at the end of the day, and sometimes, you know, we'd run till seven, eight o'clock. I could get in my car and drive home. Wow. It took um, Fred two hours to get into the makeup and an hour to get out. Oh, wow. It, just so we could go home. Wow. You know, um, and it very, and Yvonne, it was very hard on their skin. I was very hard. And I think they were glad to see the show come to an end uh, after two seasons, uh, not because it wasn't popular. The mm -hmm. reason it ended was because Universal owned the monsters and CBS owned the rights, you know, for filming. Mm -hmm. And um, and it was on the CBS network. Uh, CBS wanted to go in color and they wanted Universal to foot the bill. Universal also wanted to go in color, but wanted CBS to foot the bill and they could not get together. And oh so CBS just said, fine, okay. And they canceled this. Oh my gosh, that's why it was got all, canceled. I was all over going in color. Oh my gosh, I never, I mean, I literally never knew that. That that's crazy. Yeah. Oh wow. So when when you were on the on the set, now obviously, I mean, it's it's no big secret that it was always like they gave you a few lines, a couple lines, that that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could memorize my lines in the car coming in in the morning. I lived out in Thousand Oaks and was about a 40-minute commute. So my lines were so easy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Did you... Um, Occasionally, they do a show around me. You know, yeah. a man from Maryland, from Go See Emerald. Those are a couple that were you know, predominantly, I played a, a, a bigger part. How did you feel on those episodes? Because I, I, yeah, I know those episodes you're talking about. How did it feel to kind of be like more the, you know, like featured person for that, for that episode? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. it yeah. It was nice. And I also liked just being uh, 
you know, part of the family. And, and I enjoyed that too, you know. Right. What was the set like? You know, I, I, I had talked to Butch a bit and, you know, about S Spike and just the, the way the set was laid out. I mean, it's, it's one of the most iconic sets literally in television. I mean, they, there's some, I can't remember if there's somebody in Indiana somewhere. They literally built the entire Munster's house. It's that iconic. You know? Oh yes, yeah. The the people, uh, Stonder and Chuck McKee. Yeah, they're, they're friends of mine. We become friends over the years, wow. and uh, Butch and I used to go there on Halloween. They they built an exact replica of the Munster House in Waxahachie, Texas. That's where it is. It's Texas. I said right, and yeah, an exact. Right. Yeah. They researched it for years. And they built an exact replica, and every and they lived in it, believe it or not. Wow. And uh, every Halloween, they opened it up to the public to come in and go through it and see it. Oh wow! It wasn't a haunted house. They didn't portray it as a haunted house. And Butch and I came and we'd sign autographs. You know. Uh, That's awesome. They had a big, beautiful yard, and, and they had things and games for the children. And uh, I went there for about seven years. Wow, that's so cool. I wish I had Even known after about that. No longer when I, I would go there and appear. And it, it was just, you know, it was a wonderful. And now they're doing mystery dinners and things at the house. Wow, that's amazing. Did so when you worked on the on the set itself, because there were so many, you know, I don't think people realize how many items there were like in the living room and all that. Did you oh. have to kind of like watch how you, you know? Oh. And move? it was it was dirty because you know they blow the dust in yeah. around so there'd be dust all over everything. And uh I know that that Sandra McKee, if their house in Waxahachie, they bought a lot of the items uh, that were in the house. Oh, I didn't know that. Universal, I don't know, an auction or something, but they bought a lot. And so, you know, when I go back there, I mean, it was deja vu all over again. Oh, that really is something. Jeez. Now, but, what, uh, was, what was what was a very uh, intricate set? We had we had <clears throat> the living room was on one stage, one. The lab was on another stage, and the bedroom, uh, the Uncle Herman, that, that was on another stage. So they were different different sets, sometimes different stages, but. Um, just and then of course sometimes we'd film you know at night and we'd film out in front of the house which the house on the lot was only just a facade it was just a false front all right so right. That when we'd film outside and we'd go up the stairs to go into the house open up the door and we'd step and that was you know you, you're out in the pasture <laughs> <laughs> What, what, by the way, Spot, which has always been like, you know, I mean, especially as a kid, I always thought that's so cool, yeah. you know, Spots. Are in the show. What was that? Like, what did you well, actually see? I, I, I hate to, to uh, spoil someone's illusion, but Spot 
was a tail, two light bulbs, and a, a flame, a, you know, shooting flame. Wow. That was it. It was not anything else. The only thing that you ever saw going around the corner or whatever was the mechanical tail. And then when the steps went up, you saw the eyes, which are light bulbs, and spewing out the flames. Oh, is that funny? Wow. Now you always saw the tail going around the corners where you thought, <laughs> wow, this has got to be a big, big item. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I had my imagination went wild when I when I used to watch that. Yeah. Well, you know, we had um our most expensive shows to film, which um now is probably half of mm -hmm. what a, a star's salary is to do a show now. Sure. I mean, our most expensive show to film. And it was always the show with special effects. And wow. of course, the special effects then, we're talking now 58 years ago. Yeah. Were totally different than the special effects, you know, today. Oh gosh, yeah. Come on, without a doubt. Did you did you, by the way, get any of the props from the monsters? No, I didn't. No. Uh, and you know what? You know, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. Um, when I would finish on this set on Friday night, we go home. There was a great big garbage can right beside the stage door. So I just tossed my script in the garbage can. Oh wow! Did not save a script. Did not, did not save anything. Oh my god! And, and um, years ago, after I moved up to Sun Valley, Idaho, um, <clears throat> our neighbor was Van Williams, who was the the Green Hornet. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And, and Van was not only our neighbor, but our friends and his wife. And he was my husband's hunting buddy. And so Van used to go out to do shows all the time. And he'd say to me, um, you know, Pat, you should be doing these shows. And I said, really? Well, what do I have to do? Wow. And he said, well, do you have any monster memorabilia? And I said, no. And he said, do you have any pictures? And I said, no. He said, well, um, do you know Kevin Burns? I said, yes. I can remember Kevin Burns, who is the largest monster collector in the world. Right. Um, when he was eight years old, he came on the set as a guest of Fred Gwynn's they started a relationship. Fred also did caricatures and so did this kid and he invited him out. So I said, yeah, I've known him since he was eight years old. He said, well, he has most of the photos and all from the uh, monsters. Uh, can you get in touch with him? I said, sure, I'll call him. So I called Kevin and I said, I'm going, I want to start doing some of these shows. 
can I get some pictures from you? And he said, absolutely. So I was coming down to California and I told him, went over to his place. He had made all kinds of photos for me. Oh my God. And, uh, and then also, then I, I, and I told him, now I had the nucleus to start. And I said, but I don't know what to do. And he said, I, I mean, I don't know what to get. I don't know what kind of pens or anything. And he said, well, do you know Barbara Luna? And, you know, who's on Star Trek and Ricky. Uh -huh. And I said, oh, yeah, I know Barbara. And he said, well, call her up. She does a lot of shows. She'll help you. So I called Barbara and I said, Barbara, I'm coming down. I'm going to do a show. And, and can we meet and have lunch? And she said, sure. I need wow. to know what to buy. And so she took me to the stationery store and got me all set up with pens. And then I sat right beside her for my very first show in California. That is really something. That is really something. So did uh, Van Williams, I mean, it's terrible. I haven't even thought, did he, um, did he pass by the way? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, we drove down to Arizona. Uh, they have a place in Arizona as well as Sun Valley, Idaho. Uh -huh. And he was down and my husband and I, we drove down to go and see him. He was um, in an assisted living. He had a lot of back problems and, gotcha. and we went down to see him and he passed away probably about six months after we were there. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you saw him before. Yeah. It's a, he, he, got, he started in the, the, the autograph business. Right. Yeah. Literally. That's so wild that that was the Greenhorn. I mean, the Greenhorn has always been kind of a special thing of my into my last name's Cato. So I've oh, heard Cato right. for years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that's why it kind of, my ear part, you know, I caught it. I was like, what? Um, hey, I have to ask you too, Munster Go Home, okay? I I have read that, you know, which, which by the way, as a fan is so irritating, but I had read that they were, they didn't, they basically didn't even offer it to you. Is that, is no. that right? No, not only did they not do that, they came down, not the producers, some assistant or guy in their office came down on the stage to tell me that I was not going to be doing it. That wow. was all. No reason why. Now, Al and Fred went to bat for me, but I, we found out bottom line what it was. Uh, I was under contract and my contract was uh, up at Universal. Uh, and so in order to do the Munsters, they would have to renew my contract. And they had a contract payer, Debbie Watson, who was under contract, who was uh, with them. And um, they decided they were going to use her. It would be cheaper. And they felt she was younger. I was 29 at that time. Yeah. They felt I was too old. Of course, oh. I wasn't too old to be Marilyn. Exactly. You know, <clears throat> exactly. Closed, but two weeks later, I was too old. Yeah. And um, 
And so they used Debbie Watson. It broke my heart. I mean, I was, I mean, no, the producers, nobody came to tell me. No, just they sent someone from the, one of the associate producers down. And oh, my gosh. me on the set. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, Hollywood is a business, but when oh, you hear stories yeah. like that, it's just, it's so hard as a fan to hear that kind of stuff, you know? It's just a yeah, It was. It was. Yeah. But... I well, went on to do other things. I got involved in, I started flipping houses before the term flipping was you, ever invented. Yeah. And I did that for years. And, and didn't, you, didn't you do, uh, didn't you also, weren't you in that, that the Elvis Presley uh, film too? I was. Easy, easy, easy come, easy, easy come, go. easy go. Story yeah. of my life. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I did. And, and you know, it was so interesting that you should mention it because just day before yesterday, I went to see the Elvis movie and I no. loved it. I loved oh. it. Um, there were things that I thought maybe they could have put a little more emphasis on, but, but overall it was well done. It was a great movie. What and was he like? He was wonderful. At the time, he was quiet, shy, religious. Mm. And um, Priscilla was very much in the picture. In fact, I think after we finished filming, she never came on the set, I never met her. They married shortly after we finished filming. That was in 67, wow. 1967. And uh, like I tell you an interesting story. Sure. Uh, we were sitting on this site. We were filming outdoors and we were sitting on our chairs. And I was sitting right beside Elvis. We were chit-chatting and I said, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a car. I'm, I'm going to go buy, I'm gonna buy a new car. And Elvis said, what are you going to buy? And I said, oh, I don't know. I have uh, gone out. George Barrist, who did oh. the monster coach. George said, well, whatever you buy, we'll customize it. And I <laughs> said, okay. And he said, uh, well, would you like to buy one of my cars? And I said, oh, well, it was number one. I couldn't afford it. But number two, what is it? <laughs> yeah, of course. He said, I have a 1967, uh, 65 uh, black Cadillac Eldorado convertible with oh. a black leather interior. Oh, and what I, a car. I said, oh, um, I, I couldn't afford that, Elvis. He said, that was $3,000. I said, sold. <laughs> wow. So I bought the car. But, you know, at that time, I was, in, I was married and had a couple of children. I was never into collecting or or you know I never had him sign of anything autograph anything and um it just I didn't think about those things so I drove the car for a couple of years and then I traded it in for <laughs> a Pontiac convert a Pontiac um GT and then George Barris customized it 
We did a custom ton of top and what have you. But uh, yeah, just traded. Did not trade it in as Elvis's car. Just traded it in. So that was the first retirement fund I threw away. Yeah. I've thrown several <laughs> retirement funds away because, <laughs> I mean, I'm just not thinking. I mean, my husband said, oh, and I hadn't, I hadn't met my husband then. He said, oh, boy, if I'd known you, that car would be up on blocks in a storage unit. <laughs> oh, my gosh, without a <laughs> well, doubt. You know, my timing, I didn't get the timing gene, so it figures. Yeah. But you got the but experience. It was a wonderful experience. I I loved it. And uh, seeing the movie brought back a lot of great memories for me. Was he a what did you did, was he an easy actor to work with? Did he what? Was he an easy actor to work with? Oh Elvis? absolutely. Absolutely. He was always on time. He was not a diva at all. He, whatever the director said, he, extremely easy. I would never have expected it. When he came on this set, he walked in, he had all of his guys, 10 of them, all of his guys came with him, the pack. Wow. And they were all terrific guys. They were wonderful. I enjoyed and liked them all. Hmm. And they all, you know, had functions, business functions with him you know, music, his chef, his bodyguard, whatever. And they were, they were wonderful. Did the colonel ever show up? No, no. Wow. And, and you know what? I didn't even know what the colonel looked like. When I saw Tom Hanks, first of all, I thought, I've just seen Best Supporting Actor Award. Wow, wow. Uh, he was phenomenal. Wow. Um, but the no, he never... He never came on this set at all. Not oh, how all. interesting. Did, um, you know, Elvis, obviously, everybody's going to, is, you know, wondering, but was he, like, when you saw him, was he just, like, a stunning guy to see? Like, yeah. was he, he was. Because this was just prior to his marriage. Mm -hmm. So he didn't get into the drugs in Vegas till a few, several years later. Right, and that, right. Was the beginning of his downfall. No, good-looking, nice, polite, lovely. Wow, wow. You you were in many things. Uh, I, I mean, I, I looked at your resume. I was like really blown away. I, I saw everything from Bewitched to the Jack Benny Show to Lucy to the Red Skelton <laughs> Show. There's a lot. What can you give us like a little quick on, on, you know, on a few of them, like what was Red Skelton like or Jack Benny? What were, what was that? Oh, like? Red Skelton was, Red Skelton was wonderful. I did a couple of his shows and I remember, you know, how we, we just sit and talk while they were lighting and doing things. And especially one was a bar scene and was, and I was a gal in the bar, but all in costume Western. Uh -huh. And, and we were chatting. He said, you know, you remind me of my my wife that passed away. You oh, just wow. remind me so much of her. And I said, well, that's a lovely compliment. Thank you so much, Fred. And it was fun working with him. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Wow. You know, we laughed the whole time. Oh, that's pretty cool. What was, what about the Jack Benny show? Any recollections on that? 
Oh, no, I, I did a little side skit. So it wasn't exactly with Jack Benny, but it was on his show, you yeah. know, with his people. It was just a little side skit. I got that you. long ago. <laughs> well, hey, you know, we're pulling these out of the air. Why not? Um, what about what about Bewitched? We I have a lot of uh, followers that are are really love oh, Bewitched. I, I love what? doing Bewitched. That that was fun. I played uh, one time. I played a secretary, and Tapitha had reduced my little boyfriend to a little miniature guy. <laughs> and uh, and then also I was Doctor Bombay's nurse. Wow. And um, that, that was interesting. I kind of started, you know, when I started, I did a lot of Dr. Kildare's mm -hmm. and I was a nurse and um, um, Evans, oh, the gun played on Dallas. Um, oh, uh, the, uh, uh, you mean uh, Larry Hagman? Evans. Oh, I get the, the, her first name. Oh, Linda Evans. Linda. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I've had two senior moments. Okay. Linda Evans. Linda and I used to be, we used to, but she was working as a nurse also. And we used to sit in the back behind, you know, on a chair back waiting, you know, for our scene and chit chatted. Both of us were just, you know, doing bit parts and and um, she tested for big that big valley. So did I. Wow. But, you know, there were kind of a little group of us, and we just kind of run around testing for everything, and and it seemed like all of us kind of in the little group hit on something. That's pretty amazing. I mean, that really is. You you literally all did. You're all, you know, know you are. And you know what? I don't know that we could do it today. I don't know that it could be done today. Times have changed. Um, movies have changed. Everything has changed. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that was a that was a golden time. I do. I I, I would agree. By the way, um, and whatever, I jump back and forth. But when you were on the Munsters, there were a lot of great uh, guest stars. I mean, Paul Lynn oh. was on there, Don Rickles. Uh, do you remember any of them? Oh, I do. Love Paul Lynn. He was always funny. I mean, he kept us laughing on this, you know, behind the scenes and all. And uh, Don Knotts was on and Don Knotts and I became friends. And oh, really? we went to some functions together. And... Um, uh, yeah, we had a lot of wonderful people on Don Rickles and, and uh, big name people. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. Yeah, Don Knotts, I've, I, uh, I had Ronnie Shell on, uh, who is a friend from uh, Gomer Pyle, and he, uh, he was very close with Don. And he, he has said that he's just, it was just a great guy, just a great oh, guy. Yeah. yeah. Apparently very paranoid about about getting. And you normally have those comic, comic guest stars on. Uh, it was always, I mean, it was, and of course with Fred and Al and their comedic and I mean, it, we just laughed the whole week. <laughs> Did you ever have an instance where you you were trying to do a scene and you were laughing so hard that it was hard to like they'd have to do yes. another take? Yes. Yes. Uh huh. And the director would be cut. 
you know, you got to get it together now. And then with all of us, we couldn't look at one another because then we'd start to laugh. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That is really funny. Any any other sh- any particular episodes you remember that happening? Like if I went back to spot it? Uh, no, not as not as such. It would just yeah. you know all the all the time, and of course they were always putting me on, and and I I'd say you know something, and then they they feed me a whole line of whatever. And I believe him. Right. That was right. The, I believe him. I heard that uh, uh, Al was actually, uh, and as you said, he was a mentor. I also heard that he was quite the human humanitarian. Is that true? Very much so. Yes, he was. He um, taught and worked with deaf students. Oh, wow. And um, also, you know, he was a... Uh, a basketball coach. Oh, I didn't know that. And big time. I mean, he scouted for the big professional people. And so he all he knew all the up and coming people, uh, you know, from the high schools, you go to the high school, everything. Very um very well thought of and then and you know helped in in people that were up and coming in the field. But, you know, i tell you an interesting story. We were going, Fred and Al and I were going down to Marineland mm-hmm. to do a special from there. We were, and um, when we were coming back after filming, we were coming back again, as I say, I was always sitting in the middle and the other two on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And I looked over, we were kind of quiet and I looked over and I was looking out the window and tears were coming down his eyes. Hmm. And I, I, and Al was a little bit hard of hearing too. And I kind of poked Fred and I said, look, Al's crying. And he said, yes, but we'll never know why. Oh, wow. Yeah. Something he was, he was a very sensitive, uh, very compassionate, uh, giving man. Wow. Wow. That's quite a story that, that, wow. That, that's, yeah. He, he seems like it. The, the other side of this, um, I, I noticed, uh, you know, there were, I mean, I, I remember in the stores, there were games, there were lunch boxes, there were. I mean, oh. I remember a ton of this stuff. In fact, I know Butch has a few items, you know, like like whatever. About- oh, Butch has a lot. Butch has a lot. I have some lunch pails and books and puzzles, and they have Marilyn Munster paper dolls and a, oh, that and, and bobble heads. I said, you know, my head's probably going to start bobbling now due to my age. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but bobble heads and Marilyn Munster dolls and and uh oh but yeah we never got anything on the merchandising nothing not all of us oh wow was was, uh, universal retained the rights to all of the uh, uh, marketing merchandising 
Oh my gosh. I, I, not nothing, huh? That was there. I guess at that time, maybe that wasn't written in the contract. So maybe people didn't realize that. No, no, exactly. And, um, you know, we were, they, they didn't. And of course, also we were, we filmed from 64 to 66. Mm -hmm. And so we worked under the old union contracts and, oh. Um, you know, Batman and, and Beverly Hillbillies and the Kales Navy, we were all in that, in the 60s. And so we never got, we, the contract said we were paid for seven reruns per episode. Well, that was used up in about the first two years. Oh, easily. easily. And so now for the last 56 years, it's been on the air and still playing. Zero. 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 Oh my gosh. But, and then they came in in 1970 with Reagan when he was head of the, the union and totally redid the contracts and the residuals, but didn't, didn't bring us in. Didn't, uh, no, they didn't. We, we weren't grandfathered in at all oh my so, gosh oh my so god all these years why but you know you have to think in one respect that's why it's playing all over the world because they don't have to pay anybody residuals you're probably you right you're probably right and universal because they don't have to pay anybody oh and is that funny so True. it's kind of a double hand sword on one end you know it keeps us in front of the people Yep. And for young generation to know the monster and younger people, um, you know, it keeps us out and keeps our names and our images and all um, yeah. out there for people. But today, funny thing is, I'll be, I'll be doing a show and I'll be sitting there and some little kid, oh, probably, you know, eight, 10 years old will come up. And they'll look at me and I'll look down at the pictures. I'll look back up at me and I'll say, is that you? <laughs> and I'll say, yes, that, that's me. Well, it doesn't look like you. And then I have to, well, would you believe that? That was 55 years ago. And uh, I was not young then. And, uh, and, you know, even though you're just seeing it maybe for the first time. Um, and I said, okay, would you believe if I told you I was Marilyn's grandma? He said, yes. I said, okay, <laughs> Marilyn's grandma. This is my granddaughter's pictures. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny because kids are, they just say it. They don't hold back. Yeah. Well, and, you know, children, when they're seeing it for the first time, now they think it's just, you know, been filmed. They don't know it was filmed back in the right. dark ages. And so they expect when they come to see you, they expect you to look like what they see on TV. Oh, is that and funny? Of course, I... that's why the pictures, the pictures are what? from the show and it's and then of course the old lady sitting there but the pictures are from the show 
Right. Because nobody wants to buy pictures of an old lady, you know, they, <laughs> they want to buy them from the show. Right, right. Did, um, by the way, a uh, couple of things about your past. I, 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 I pretty impressive you're, with your mother. Uh, she was the United States treasurer. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And wow. then when she was, she was United States treasurer for eight years. And then she came out to California because of the Eisenhower administration was over. She came out to California and she ran, which was in a treasury of the United States was an appointed position, mm -hmm. appointed by President Eisenhower. And then she came to California and she ran for the state treasurer of California and uh, was elected. And she was a treasurer for eight years. And then she was getting ready to announce that she was running for her third term. Wow. And uh, then she had had cancer 10 years prior and it had relapsed and come back. So she just retired out of office. So wow. she was. Uh, and mother was the, uh, she was with the Reagan when he was governor of California. And then prior to him becoming president of the United States, she did the nominating speech for him at the convention, the Republican convention. Oh my gosh, that is really impressive. What a background you have there. So um, what now? I, as far as acting, she's the she's the uh, reason that, I mean, it appears to be the reason that you got started in acting. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and can you tell us about how that started? Well, Mother, our church we're from Utah, and um, our church they have what they call. In our, we lived in a little community called Bountiful, and in, in the community, there was at that time about six churches, and they had what they called a road show, and each church put on a road show, and then it traveled from church to church. It was judged on content. It was timed. It could be 15 minutes. It was also judged on number in the cast. And, um, and content, well, they asked mother to do it. And because she took, taught a speech and drama class with, at the church, at the young people's group. Yeah. So she wrote it, produced it and directed it. And she needed a three minute act or something to go on in front of the curtain while they set up the scenery. Oh, so wow. she came up with the bright idea that I, that she would teach me how to do pantomime and I would lip sync pantomime, a comic record. So, okay. So we got a record from an old British comedy singer called Beatrice Kay. And she did a comedy things. Yeah. And so, we got this record called Hooray, Hooray, I'm Going Away with the Man in the Little White Coat. Halfway through the song, 
she starts to laugh. She's crazy. And she starts laughing and laughing. And of course, I'd be, I had the lip sync down perfect. <laughs> and I'd roll on the floor and laugh and hold my stomach. And then at the end, two guys in white coats would come and carry me away. But then, of course, then the curtain would go up and she had this, this scene all set. Well, we won it that year. We, we, we won it. Oh, but, my gosh. Uh, so I come to the attention because going around, then they wanted me for every Lions Club and Kiwanis and everything to come and be the entertainment for their meetings. I only wow. had one record. So I thought, I gotta, I gotta get some more. I gotta get something else. So I did some more Beatrice Kay. And then I came to the attention of a man in Salt Lake City that had a show. His name was Eugene Jelesnik. He had a show and he was a violinist. Name. And I came in once a week and did a record pantomime. Wow. Lip sync wow. now, it's called. And I did that. And uh, then, of course, you know, we moved to Washington, D.C. And, and then I did a local television show with another man the Art Lamb show in Washington, D.C. for a couple of years and, uh, and you know, did, did the weather and did any, it was like a Kelly and Regis kind of show. Yeah. And, uh, and I did anything pertaining to a woman and commercials and that type of thing. Page pageants too. You won a lot of pageants, it sounded like. I did what? A lot of the pageants that were out there, like uh, uh, it sounded like you won a lot of contests. Well, I I wasn't really it wasn't a competitive thing. I think they were yes. I was queen of the president's cup regatta in Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. and that's where I met my husband, my first husband. In the in the from the navy, yeah. And then um, Queen of the uh, Winchester Apple Blossom Festival, Queen of the First International Azalea Festival. And all of those, I think, were because of who my mother was. Interesting. Because I always picked a queen or girl with someone in government. And my court was always the ambassador's daughters or, you know, the undersecretary's daughters or secretary, cabinet member's daughters. So it wasn't, it wasn't on beauty and talent. It's, again, it's all in who you know. It <laughs> always is. So I was, I was well connected. You were well connected is right. So I have, I have a question for you. It, I was just thinking about this. So your husband, your first husband was in the Navy. And he gets transferred or, or sent out to California. So that right. was that just a total fluke then that you ended up in California to pursue your acting? It wasn't absolutely. like that's what you were trying to do. Absolutely. And I decided when I was there, I decided, well, I'm going to, um, maybe I'll, I'm, you know, young mother, I'll try doing commercials because I've done them, you know, back in, in uh, Washington, D.C., yeah. So yeah. I got an agent and my very first commercial, which got me into the union, you know, the old story, 
You couldn't work unless you belonged to the union. You couldn't exactly. belong to the union unless you had work. Yep. So I went and it was a Kellogg's Rice Krispies. And we chatted and, and then one of the questions, they said, um, do you belong to the union? And I said, no. And they said, well, we decided we want to use you. We want to cast you. And uh, we'd like you to go over to the union. We will call them and wow. tell them you have a job. And um, we'll, we'll, you know, you can, you have to be union. So that's how I got into the union because of a Kellogg's Rice Krispie commercial. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's always been that way. You're absolutely right. It's like, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, wait a minute. I can't do it unless I'm in the union, but I can't be in the union unless I have the job. It's like, there you go. Yeah. It makes no and sense. At the time when I went over and joined the union, it was a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like it's thousand. It's thousands. It's thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, so, I have no idea, but I know it's right. in that. Right. And uh, so, and now, because of all the years, I'm on a union pension. Oh, well, that's great. Though. Not a lot, not a lot, but between right. my union pension and Social Security, I'm able to make it. Yeah, I think it's great. And that's that's something for every actor out there to go. Let's, you know, if you can get that, that's a big accomplishment. Um, oh, you got something there. Yeah. Um, so I have I have one last one last couple questions for you. I'm just curious. Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, is I'm going to turn it off. Yes. Oh, yes. don't worry about it. No biggie. The Mary Tyler Moore show, you played uh, Betty White's or Suan Nevins but Betty White, her younger sister, I saw. I did. I, and, and that was a fun job to do because um, she was from the South. She was from Georgia. And um, I had to do it with a Southern accent. Well, I lived in Virginia and, you know, I can, you can pick up a lot of the, the, sure. the words and the intonation and the voice. And so when I read for the part, you know, they said, can I do a slower accent? I said, sure. So I did. And that kind of helped me get the part. Wow. Did How did you like working on that set, the Mary Tyler Moore set, compared to like the very, Munsters? Very nice. They were all very nice. Very, um, um, you know, just very, very helpful. Uh, very encouraging. It, it was a, a wonderful experience. What about Betty White? Um, what was it like? Oh, being with she Betty was White? lovely. Oh, she was lovely. We laugh in between shots and things. She was lovely. Yeah, I've heard she's very giving. Was very giving. Yes. Person. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And then the other ones I saw were um, the Lucy Show. Uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, oh. My Favorite Martian. Yeah. Uh, the, the Lucy show, I, I did I, I did the show when I played a stewardess on the airline and she was flying somewhere. And, but I knew Lucy. One of my very good friends uh, was, uh, had coached Lucy in singing, she was from Broadway. 
and they were in Wildcat together, and 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 she knew her very well, and Paula Stewart was her name, and she um, she'd go up to Lucy's quite frequently, and one day she said to me, you want to go, I've got to stop by Lucy's, you want to go, and I said, sure. Lucy was always playing backgammon. She loved backgammon. Wow. Every day. Every day playing backgammon. And um, so she was playing backgammon and they stopped and, and we chatted just a little bit. And she said to me, what size shoe do you wear? I said, eight and a half. And she said, oh, well, so do I. She said, you know, they're by the back door. She said, I got a whole big uh, leaf bag full of shoes that are all eight and a half. And I'm just, I'm just going to give them to Goodwill or something. If you want them, take them. So I took them. Oh, my gosh. And one, but again, here we go. Another retirement fund. <laughs> I sold them in a garage sale. Not as Lucy's shoes. Just shoes. However, I did keep one because it was in a box. The shoes were in the box and the box said L ball. I have those today. And it says L ball on the box. Oh, that's cool. So. Wow. Okay. Well, that means garage sale, you know, dollar pair, no big deal. Yep. But you know what? That pair that you have with L ball is definitely very oh, valuable. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. That's that, right. That'll take care of a month in the home. It, <laughs> and assisted living. That'll get me through one month. I'm not there yet. Room. I'm not there yet. You are not even close. Forget that. <laughs> and by the way, congratulate you beat lymphoma. Am I right? Is that what it was? Yes, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I mean, gosh, Pat, that's huge. Well, I am now. It's incurable, but uh -huh. it's treatable. And at the time when I when I was diagnosed and I started treatment, one of the first questions I asked the doctor was, how long do I have? Sure, sure. And he said, well, he said, about six years. Hmm. He said, but, you know, there's a lot of new things in in clinical trials, a lot of new medicines coming out. So I don't know, but just, you know, setting everything aside six years. Well, I'm now almost 22 years down. Oh, is that great? I have relapsed five times, but every time I go back, I have the same treatment every time, not down, you know. And I, in fact, I just, just relapsed four months ago and went back into treatment, and, you know, for a month. Then I'm fine again. Everything's fine. Pat, that's so, amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it, it was. I think my doctors and my medicine, I have to thank for. And I think attitude also. Oh, come on, of course. Plays a lot to, to our own. Positivity and, and laughter. Yeah. What, um, last thing, and then, and then I'll let you go. You've been so, so wonderful. Um, what, uh, you know, I know that you said that, you know, you haven't had the chance to do a lot of the 
you know, shows since the pandemic. What would you like to say to your fans? Because they're going to be tuning in, believe me. Well, okay, I want to tell my fans, first of all, I miss all of you. I so look forward to seeing you at the shows and talking with you and and you share your memories of the show, which, which was, you know, brought back wonderful memories for me. And I just thank you for being with me and being concerned and caring all these years. I mean, it, it's really meant a lot to me. I know I just had a birthday and I'm not on social media. And so I have no idea what's out there on me. I have no idea what's going on unless someone tells me. And uh, a friend of Butch's said, she knew, she said, you've had a lot, about 2000 hits on your birthday. And I said, well, if I text you a message, can you post it so they can see it? And she said, yes, because I just wanted everyone to know how much I appreciated their thought. Because, you know, if it isn't for them, none of us would be where we are. It's all of our fan base, really is. You're it right keeps about that. us where we are. That's so and I thank, I thank them. That's so And great. I thank you. This has been a wonderful interview. Oh my gosh, believe me. No, I, I have I have loved talking with you. You know, something that you said, by the way, that really, um, I thought you really hit it on the head. I saw you in an interview and you said that part of the reason that that time that the Munsters is so special, that, you know, Lost in Space, all these shows that were happening around that time is because those there were only a couple of networks at the time. And when you sat down, the whole family sat down and you all watched together. And so- there was a bond. Absolutely. Yeah. That were that was the shows of the 60s. They were a lot of wonderful family shows, projecting family and life. Um, they had morals, they had um, they had a theme, messages, many of them. Uh, and these, they were shows that families watched together. And at that time, families were together. Mm-hmm. And I've had many people come up at shows and tell me that their memory is when their family was all together when they were watching the movies, which was very sad to me because mm-hmm. they don't have that anymore. That's why so many people, when they come to the shows, would say to me, you know, the shows of the 60s are the only shows I let my children watch. Yeah. And that's because of the language, the, the content, and uh, maybe the, the um, lesson to be learned or whatever. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. Because people always say, why, why are they still around? Like, what is it about it? But I think you hit it on the head. I think that that was well said. But Hey Pat, thanks a bunch. I mean, I I really enjoyed it, and I and thanks oh, John, for like. Thank you. I enjoyed it too. I'm sorry we had a little bit of problems in the beginning, but thank you so much. No, nah, don't worry about it. That, that's that's part of the fun. You. Oh well, it's been it's been a it's been a blast, Pat. And I and I I wish you all the best, and uh, you know, stay strong, and just oh. uh, thanks for being such a good representative. Oh, thank of thank you. Anytime you want to talk, give me a call. All right. I appreciate that, Pat.
Kevin lost my ability to talk. Maybe think, <laughs> not talk. Thanks a bunch, Pat. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming, and uh, please check us out also on youtube.com slash TV, where you can actually watch and see the celebrities that are on the show. Thanks again. Bye-bye.